Welcome back to How It's About for our mini little series here about Portugal. We're going to tell you um, our, our next little leg of the journey. Yeah, today's episode we'll be going over days three and four. Finally kind of getting to a rhythm, getting places we want to be, not where we happen to be, uh, which are both great, but um, making progress towards some cool spots. So enjoy. Right, so day three of our journey here was definitely more of a travel day. We had to get from middle-ish of, of Portugal and Lisbon all the way down south to the Algarve, which we'll tell you about in a little bit. But traveling has been interesting. We found that our phone strangely <laughs> kept wanting that's right, Caleb, kept wanting to reroute us to the toll roads, probably because they were faster, but we suspected it's because they wanted us to pay and there's some conspiracy. No, we really wanted to take a longer route um, to be able to kind of just toodle on through the mountains and get some fun views and make little stops at castelos along the way, which are castles. Uh, and we, we really only found, well, half a castle. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a good trip. Um, definitely being on the open road with a van, uh, driving through the mountains. Uh, actually I feel a lot more comfortable driving in windy, tiny mountain roads than in cities. So, uh, Lauren was worried about the cliffs and edges, but I felt more at home. I was doing some deep breathing. Yeah. Stick, stick shift on a mountain road is my favorite. So, um, <laughs> I actually quite enjoyed the, the driving. Um, although yeah, 17 euros for one stretch of toll road that it forced us on was not fun. Um, but we sort of beat it at its own game because there was these gas stations and cafes along the way. Um, and we stopped at one and they had you know lots of expensive, tasty food. But instead we said, nope, we paid for the toll. We're going to eat free so or <laughs> close to free. So we had 10 eggs that I found in the non-refrigerated section of a store a few days before. So we, we haven't refrigerated them since. I think that's just how they keep their farm fresh eggs here. Um, and quick and, note about the farm fresh eggs. Oh, yeah. I... Ever since having COVID a few years ago, I have not been able to enjoy eggs. They just don't taste good to me at all. Add to that being pregnant um, last year and just the nausea out the door. This was the first time I'd eaten eggs in years where I just enjoyed it so much. It tasted like a real egg. You crack it open and the yolk is just orange, like dark. And it's just, you just, ah, such good eggs. Yep. So there we are. 10 eggs, not a dozen. They only come in tens. Um, <laughs> and uh, pull out our little backpacker stove, which part of almost broke, by the way, which is kind of scary because it's expensive probably to replace. But um, set it on the ground, fired it up, uh, and quickly just cooked a bunch of eggs. Also, we had some sausage that probably should have been refrigerated as well, but whatever. And cut all that up and just stir-fried it up. Uh, really red-looking sausage, kind of like what you hope a Slim Jim would be. But a Slim Jim isn't. It's just delicious, tasty pork <laughs> sausage um, that's probably just all natural because that seems like everything in some of these countries is just higher higher standards for natural ingredients. So, um, It was the same sausage that we'd thrown in the spaghetti of the night before, which was yep, just Just incredible. delicious. I have no idea what animal. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, cooked it up quickly, put some on a plate, and we just sat with the mm. camper van door open, looking out on the gas station full of people buying food, you know, big... Euro looking soccer player guys in puffy jackets holding the tiniest little espresso <laughs> cups. That's All, never take away, always a ceramic cup. And they don't seem to drink take it. Takeaway is to go. Oh, course. yeah. Yeah. So they take like, you know, 10 minutes to sip the tiniest little espresso while smoking five cigarettes. And that's very normal for them. Um, but we enjoyed our eggs and sausage, got back on the road. Um, and after a while, the, the driving became a lot more interesting. 
to the point where it kept rerouting us into smaller and smaller mountain roads, then dirt roads with sheep and mud and um, sort of felt like the hill country of northern Arizona, lots lots of uh, pine trees, loads of eucalyptus trees. We found out later that you know Portugal is famous for paper production, loads of eucalyptus trees, I think that they turn into paper, but the smell of the air Ugh. just smelled like Australia, Fragrant. just eucalyptus everywhere. Um, the oils were almost hanging in the air as we got further into the mountains. Um, and we kept seeing a sign for a Costello and so a Costello, yeah, over, over this way. So we turned and we saw a very prominent brown sign, which usually is a good sign, at least in America, that it's not a paid attraction. And so we figure, okay, let's go check this out, but it's just a farmer's field. So we park the car, we follow the sign, we start hiking up a road with Caleb and the rain starts coming. And he's strapped on, and we go higher and higher and probably walk a half mile up this hill, gain a lot of elevation. Yeah, Caleb's like, oh, man. And get to the top, beautiful view of farms, beautiful eucalyptus forest, no castle. No castillo. Couldn't find it. turn around a little bit uh, downtrodden and go back. Um, But we ended up with a beautiful hike in the eucalyptus and got just experience the feel and smell of those mountains and... It's good when things force you to take a pause. Yes. So it's really it easy <laughs> on a road trip to just kind of keep powering around the next corner, hoping for something good when sometimes where you happen to stop is something good. Yeah. So that's a little yeah. conclusion there. Mm-hmm. And then we kept following signs to Monchique, our destination. Monchique. Okay. Monchique. Mm-hmm. Pronunciation. Probably neither of us have it right. But Side note about pronunciation. Yep. I have found it is so interesting. Portuguese is um it's got a very very unique uh accent to it i i kind of have been realizing it's sort of like speaking spanish but with a russian accent sometimes it is what it sounds like so if you were to say something uh, say just a phrase in spanish i don't know um no say (laughs) no say el the like the el camino es bueno es buena El Camino es bueno. Sure, the street is good. The street is good. <laughs> street El life. Camino es bueno is sort of how that, they would say it. That does kind sound of nasally. a lot more Portuguese. And they yeah. say, like, like I was enjoying saying the word Castello earlier. Castello. That's how they would say it. So, anyway, it's fascinating. Yep. It's really, really interesting. I remember one time listening to... Um, some language over the speaker and we were trying to figure out what it was and i was convinced that it was russian but no it was portuguese so that's a fun little bit there so zooming on in because this was sort of the adventure of the day uh was i thought we were pretty lost and so when the when the maps app reroutes you sometimes it's good sometimes it is not good um so this road gets narrower and narrower to the point where i was wishing i had my truck it wasn't really bad clearance stuff but just very steep very narrow um couple times we probably scratched the side of the camper van on some bushes so we'll see how that turns out um no. but actual wilderness driving happened in this van over the mountains um but then you start to get that sense of relief as you see more and more little houses more and more growing village space and you realize you're not going deeper into the wilderness you're actually popping out into a town and so we Ooh. we get down and then it's a bigger wider road and you just start to breathe easier and we follow signs that we've been following all the way right. to a, a thermal hotel, which is we're trying to just use their hot spring there. There's only like three hot springs in the whole country, and there's the only one down south. And we know hot springs are a big deal. <laughs> um, so 
the lady's pretty confused at the hotel and confesses quietly that their water is actually not hot water. They just heat it, but they still call it a thermal it's hotel. Not, it's not from. It's not. It's, it's not from the thermal. Geothermal. Yeah, nine point two pH. Famous water heals your whole body, mind, and maybe soul. Um, Definitely. That but uh, so she points us very nice. Points us down the hill to the real thermal place, which apparently dates back to the Roman uh, occupation of Portugal. They love to come up and. Um, bathe in the springs and drink the water uh had had a lot of it's always been known i think for the different people that have uh been in charge of portugal that uh if, if you're at all um on on social media there was a thing going around about how men think about the roman empire just about every day yeah <laughs> i discovered this and i keep asking justin have you thought about the roman empire today he's like yep yeah we're in portugal <laughs> there's an, a literal aqueduct right there aqueduct <laughs> everywhere yeah so we um yeah finally made it to caleb the... caleb thinks about the roman empire oh yeah too. yeah yeah he's he's living the the young emperor's life right now in his bed. Um, but yeah, we made it to the, the thermal village, as they called it. And it was a whole kind of resort complex, which I don't think is really recovered from COVID. Uh, it, not run down, but I would say it was a ghost resort. Kind of quiet. We saw two people there, maybe two. Um, and the whole kind of resort hotel-sized village. Um, and the one person we found said... You know, no, it doesn't open tomorrow till 10. You can access it for 90 minutes for, you know, a reasonable price. But, you know, you can't take babies in there. And there's, all, you know, there's always rules about Meh. these things. Um, so we say, eh, it might be worth it, might not. Uh, but we decide to go find some free camping. And we head to the village of Monchique, which is Monchique. Monchique. Okay. <laughs> which is very quaint as always. Just another idyllic mountain village um we've passed so many of them at this point um and our park for night app led us to a free dirt lot overlooking the village and we uh you know kind of park sideways to find something remotely level the only way lauren can find out if it's level is lie on the floor of the van while, <laughs> while i back it forward and back i can't tell yep. like i just visually can't tell and, so i have to lie down yep and so we want the baby to not slide under the seats in the middle no, of the night we definitely don't um, Get stuck under the metal and stuff down hey, there would not be good. Would never ha- we yeah. set up barriers. Don't be yeah. worried, y'all. But we uh, we start a level. A level van is a happy van. Um, That's true. And it turns out all parking is not level, uh, especially when it's free. That's and true. That's true. it was an interesting lot. People were coming and going. Locals parking their vehicles for the night. And uh, there was at least one other RV looking thing. Not not one so far have we parked somewhere where there isn't another camper van looking thing whether or not they're actually staying the night there it gives us some peace of mind that we're not the only ones crazy enough to park here that night uh it's a safety in numbers and all so that's true good night's sleep good enough um you know still figuring out how to sleep in the van the mattress you know caleb either sleeps really well or really bad and uh, the days blend together which one was which um we've definitely done what we did that other night where we just pulled them into bed yeah because it just it's all you can there's different factors whether it's sounds going on outside actually that hasn't been too bad i feel like it's pretty insulated and we do have a sound machine um but temperature it dropped a little cold last night it's it's mostly his nap schedule when we're Doing yeah. something fun and he misses his nap or is delayed. It throws the whole yeah, world it really off, does. which is, it really you know, kind of challenging. Speaking of Caleb, if you're wondering what he's been up to while we are re- recording, um, we have the whole back area of the bed just cleared out and he's just 
rolling all around, working on his uh, pushing up. He's still not quite crawling, so he's just working out. And this is a fun travel hack. I got this idea from some, I can't even remember, a video or something. Have a really good multifaceted toy um, that does a lot of different things. So I bought one of those, like, oh, this is all the rage nowadays. So mamas who are mamas, like young mamas now, you'll get this. Um, mamas who are have older kids will just laugh. This is one of those Montessori toys um, that, listen to this, it has sensory exploration, cause and effect, motor skills, and midline play. So yeah, my baby is getting, uh, is becoming a better, a better baby by having this toy. Yeah, he gets a full buffet here. And But it's actually true. It has kind of, um, because it has so many different functions on it. It has um, pop sockets and slide, sockets slide and poppers and, and string pullers. And, and everything's, you know, silicone so he can chew it. Yeah. and push it around it's he good. has been entertained for hours by this thing and it's yep. it's it's a gift that keeps on giving so that's a fun travel hack you mm-hmm. can find those anywhere on i just got mine on amazon so yeah and that was the end of wait wait did you say where we stayed oh yeah dirt lot tried the, overlook of a town yeah the yeah. weather was supposed to get better we sort of had a plan the next day the weather was perfect we would skip the hot spring and get out of there but if it's still clearing um one of us at least might qu- quickly get a dip and Uh, We'll reevaluate from there. So that brings us to day four. All right, so it's the morning of day four, and we are looking at the weather. It's a little gray, but it's promising to to clear out. Um, I decided, because Justin is thinking about the Roman Empire this morning, um, he needs to go to the spa. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't given it a really second thought, and I just kind of wanted to play with Caleb in the van, so um, I sent sent him along. and we, we picked up some some coffee. Oh, oh yeah. So we went to the bottom of the, the hill. So we're on this Overlook parking lot. And we drive down to the bottom of the hill. And there is... Actually, no, we just walked. And we did drive. Did we drive? We drove. We drove. Oh, yeah. There's what is called snack bar. A snack bar is everywhere. It's kind of like... What was that thing in Costa Rica? It was called a... Soda. A soda. It's yeah. a soda. Just a little mm-hmm. coffee shop, basically. Um, but yeah. not even quite a coffee shop. It's they more of like coffee, a stand. Coffee, snacks, and booze. Coffee, snacks, booze. Lots of cigarettes. Yep. N- not very many tables because people will go in there and stand, you have stand, their espresso, espresso and, and you yep. smoke. But the thing about it is almost every time we've gone into one of these places, it is always consisting completely of men. Let me grab them real quick. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, there's men everywhere. And it's men who are on their way to work, taking a break from work. Yeah, the, in this case, there was five guys fixing a very broken-looking Volkswagen Golf-looking thing in the parking lot, not making any good progress. So they all decided to take a coffee and smoke break. So that was half the cafe, uh, the 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 bar, we should say. Um, oh yeah. Hang on, just a second. Sorry about that. Uh, it was a quick diaper um, interval. Interlude. Interlude. Intermission. <laughs> Intermission. And we're back. And we're so back. there we were in the cafe. Um, really, feeling, I'm feeling slightly uncomfortable. Yeah, but it's fine. It's <laughs> it's the it's how these some of these places are. Um, but we you know find our way up to the bar and request. We say we say we say oh senor fala English, and he says no no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we say uh, Deutsch? yeah Deutsch. Deutsch este Deutsch este. C- cafe con light. Uh, cafe con light is yeah. uh, coffee with milk. And Eshte, yep. I was just pointing to the this the. Um, oh yeah. 
two of uh, these pastries, pastries yeah. and two cafe con light. Mm-hmm. I'm still not quite sure how to hold up the number two, either facing forward or back. Sometimes it can be bad or good. So <laughs> hopefully we're not messing that one up. Oh, um, sure but they seem to get the point. Uh, so for three euros 50, uh, as the British love talking about how much things cost in all the videos about Portugal, uh, we got our breakfast. And uh, quickly, quickly enjoyed that and got on out of there back to the abandoned Hot Springs Village, uh, which had all of six people there waiting in line for entrance to the Hot Spring promptly at 10. As I went in, oh, by the way, I decided to go first. Or we decided that I should go first. And if the weather was good, we'd reevaluate if Lauren really wanted to or not. Um, and... All the locals got waved along into the building for free. I could tell that was a deal. But you know, if you live somewhere and that's your one benefit of being local, well, just good for you. So they got in for free, obviously. Um, But I paid 20 euros, a little steep, but not too bad. Um, And then I was about to go in and she said, do you have a swim cap? (laughs) Asking like it was a very normal question. I'm like, no, I don't have a swim cap. And so she sells me one for another three euros and then hands me the quaintest little caddy to put your shoes and <laughs> your clothes and it has, it's like a coat hanger built into a shower basket. Um, never seen anything like it. And you load it up and uh, she put a green apple and a thermal 9.2 pH bottled water. Apparently it's like a famous water water bottle company in the, in the country. Uh, puts one of those in there. There's some nice uh, rooibos tea behind in a, in a thing. Uh, but this is not a spa, by the way. It's very serious. This is this is a traditional local Portuguese thermal bathhouse thing. So anyway, um, go change, put my clothes on the hanger. And she says I can only be there for 90 minutes, which at first I'm bummed about because I can, I can, you know, hang out in a hot springs kind of thing for six hours. Easy. But um, turned out 90 minutes was just fine. The way I described this place was cozy and humble. Um, the, you know, everything was well well-worn, well-used, um, but, you know, nice and neat. Um, pretty similar to some that we've been to in Europe, like one in Spa, Belgium, which, back to the episode about Belgium, the town of Spa, where probably spas came from. Um, much bigger version, but very no, no, much no. the same spas thing. spas came from the Roman Empire. Okay, well, the word spa. <laughs> maybe the word spa came from uh, Yeah, who knows? Or maybe you know, look it up. Prove us wrong. Um, spa, Belgium was... A bigger complex back on our world trip that Lauren and I went into, but that was like 40 or 50. Very expensive. Um, yes. Almost didn't do it. Um, but similar style. Uh, it had a, a circular or the different you know way of saying it, circu uh, something. Circu. Cir- cir- yeah, oh, however no, you'd no, say no, that in Portuguese. Wrong. I'm sorry, that was yeah. a Spanish accent. Some kind of circle. Um, circuit would circuit, be the word. Yeah, yes. so uh, it's where you go through these different kinds of water treat many things in order uh supposed to be healing and cleansing and good um the pool itself the first kind of disappointment was it really wasn't that hot it was thermally heated but probably between a swimming pool and a hot tub somewhere in between maybe 100 100 degrees or something fahrenheit um but they had these water jet things that blast water on your back in different shapes and pressures and then there's a bubbly area where you just kind of hold against a pole and the bubbles are everywhere. <laughs> oh, and shockingly, as you walk in, there's this little archway that you walk through and you don't know anything about it. But a high pressure stinging shower just Ooh. blasts you as you walk under it. Oh, and of course, by this time, I have to have my bath cap on. All my <laughs> somewhat long hair tucked up in the bath cap. Um, and so I go through the circuit. 
check out the sauna, the steam room, which is sm uh, smelling of eucalyptus oil. And uh, I pour some water on the sensor, get it nice and hot in the steam room. And um, do that circuit a couple times, eat my green apple, drink a bunch of tea. And it's been maybe just over an hour and I'm, I'm done. It's fine. Um, very refreshing. Got actually clean because it had been days on the road. It was, that was nice. Um, went back out right at the end there. Asked Lauren if she wanted to hop in and uh, she said, no, let's get going. So um, I was seeing, I was seeing the, the clouds clear and was like, yeah, you know, our, our weather is going to be off and on on this trip. Let's get to the beach for the sunny day. I can, I'm happy to book myself something else in another town on a rainy day. <laughs> Yet to happen. Yet so to that's happen. coming. Um, but, uh, and today is a rainy day. So. But yeah, we got out of there, headed really only 25 minutes out of the mountains into the Algarve proper, the coastal Algarve, which, you know, Monchique was part of the Algarve, but this is the coast, coastal. Um, yes, and to the t town of Portimao. Portimao, um, and beautiful port town, lots of sailboats. We head all the way straight to the beach, get out, run to the edge, and yep, it is that cool. Just like on our Greece episode, when we're like, is the water that blue? Okay, are the cliffs in southern Portugal that beautiful and red and striking right yes they are so when you're running out to the beach you're running 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 and then you have to stop because you are on the edge of a cliff Proper you're not cliff. you're not gonna you're and there's not gonna park this somewhere and walk yeah. out into the water this is not la jolla there's no ropes no, no. there's not really oh, yeah, signs you can just just fling yourself off the yeah, edge of these i'm How sure tall would you say they were? many tourists have broken many feet. bones and died on these 70 cliffs. to 100 feet easily yeah. some of the shorter ones you know yeah. big big cliffs yeah. um and you look both directions, just breathtaking, ocean-carved cliffs and caves and arches. Uh, just, so you know, in a lot of areas you might find, like, one beach that has a cool arch. And everybody goes from 50 to 100 miles around to get, to get a picture of the beach with a rock arch. Like the Oregon coast. You go to Cannon yeah. Beach. Or... There's, like, one arch. Well, like, oh, go to that. I'm it's... sure we've seen 50 to 100 arches, oh you know. So... Things you can walk through and over and tunnels under in tunnels and caves and... Um, it, I don't know why they haven't filmed any Star Wars there. They probably have. Maybe because they it just have. <laughs> looks like an alien planet coastline. Um, so we were able to carry the stroller down some very steep stairs and had a great couple hours of just exploring in and amongst the rocks and caves and arches and just walking the beach, uh, uh, hanging out with Caleb. And then we went over to our boat tour that was going to actually take us all around and in and amongst the caves and all that fun stuff. And, you know, we don't always do a paid tour, but when we do, it, it's something that, you know, it takes you to see something or do something you couldn't really do on your own. It was only um, $25 a person. Yeah, not really bad at all price-wise. Yeah, totally but for the, a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. Uh -huh. <laughs> but we get there and the waves are too high. Which, their terminology, the sea is too strong. The it sea is too is angry. Too angry. So <laughs> they said, come back tomorrow at 1130 and we'll, you can go then. So we say, yeah, okay, that's fine. And walking away from there, we see a pirate ship nah. docked against the wall. And we say, okay, we got to go check that out. And we grabbed a loaf of bread from a little, a little mm -hmm. local market. Ate some bread. Slathered some cheese Sat on by it. the pirate ship. And looking just past the bow of the pirate ship across the bay, we saw a castle. No joke. An actual beautiful red rock castle. Castillo. Castillo. yeah. Castillo. I don't know. Yeah, that was good. Yep. On a cliff. So we say, you know what? That's what we're doing. So much of how we travel is you get to a cool area and then you sort of let the whimsy of what you find be what you found. 
And that's yep. that's the adventure you had that day. So clearly we were going to go check out that castle. Here's the, Lauren. The castle was super sweet. So, the, But the beach leading up to it was also really beautiful. It's coming on... Uh, coming close to sunset so i was a little tired i needed um some some time and space for caleb to roll around and so i just i took a break while justin checked it out um but then he came back and said you gotta come so um we we kind of loaded up got got uh, caleb slathered in sunscreen and kind of just down to his diaper it was a pretty nice day but we were like yeah let's go for a swim let's do this um and you walk out and it's just it's just really lovely long wide flat sandy beach to get to where the castle is on the edge of the water so we we walked along that for a little ways and uh, sat and looked at it and it was just beautiful and then yeah and then we uh just kind of waded in and and so the castle so we're looking at we're we're now on the other side of Porto Mal we've crossed over bridge so we're dead ahead of us we're looking across the water at the city um to our right is more city and then to our left is the open ocean and to the left is the castle so we get out and we're walking around to the left around the edge of the castle and it's just perfectly sandy clear um area with the water kind of up to our knees and then just cliffy rocky edge of where the castle is standing on uh the castle is up on i would say probably a 20 foot cliff edge yeah, kind of thing yep, something like that yep. yeah and so we're we're over there and there's all little rocky nooks and crannies but justin made a very cool discovery oh yeah so i actually put my climbing shoes on and scrambled around a little bit however the limestone was soft enough that you know a few pieces broke off and almost fell and decided Oops. not a great time to break an ankle in this particular or time in life a castle um, <laughs> yeah yeah probably don't shouldn't break pieces of the castle off either um yeah. i was very tempted to just climb to the top of the castle and you know rescue whoever needed rescuing up there but seemed like no one needed rescuing today so um, and in fact we had we had we walked up later and, and knocked on the the big iron gate and um no one was there no one so. was there uh and actually the next day someone told us that if there's a flag flying that means the people that own it are home uh no flag no people um but at the base of the wall near the water maybe 20 feet up from the water line there was a hole in the base of the castle wall. And so naturally I flipped on my light, looked and went inside, hands and knees. It wasn't tall enough to stand in and crawled back into this cave, which is pretty, pretty far back and kept going and hit one dead end and doubled back and turned. And mind, the waves yeah. are crashing in. So the level of the water is yeah. fluctuating quite a bit. Really. Yeah, I should have thought about the tide a little bit more. I mean, if it was a short cave, no problem. Um, this is this is a classic Justin House yep. move. And then, then I doubled back and took the right turn, and I saw a little bit of light, and I kept going, and a little bit more light, and then water. And, uh, the <gasps> and, wa then... and the waves were flushing in at the water line, but I could see some light around the corner. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, there's Caleb. And, and in fact, that's what you said. You, you came out yeah. and you said, there's I, Caleb. I, yep. And so I said, okay. I hit the dead end of the castle. It ends in the water. You can't go any further, but so cool. And then we took Caleb swimming and it was great. We dipped his toes in. The waves were crashing against the wall that led up to the castle. He was loving it. A little scared by the waves, but I was holding him. And we decided to wade around the corner. And all of a sudden we saw an entrance to a cave oh, around the other side of the one. castle. So the entrance over there... Um, little bit bigger but the water was still probably knee high at one point then you step down and it was waist high and um neither of us decided to go through it just the waves were crashing and it looked a little bit too treacherous um you know sea caves can be pretty bad if the waves flush in um and so we 
and Caleb was getting a little antsy too with all the crashing waves. So we both wade slash swim back around and Lauren and Caleb start to dry out on a towel and I double back and check out the castle uh, cave again and decide to kind of swim and jump up on the wall and hop down in there and just kind of went for it because I figured it would connect. I saw the light on the other side and waited for, oh, I don't know how many feet and kind of waist deep. Fortunately, sandy body, uh, sandy, sandy body. It was a sandy body, uh, sandy bottom. Um, and there was a moment there where the light went away from the entrance and you couldn't see anything on the other side. And I thought, I think I've made a mistake here. Maybe this leads to a, a drop off or a, a water filled spot. Um, but ended up seeing just a tiny bit of light around the corner. But there was those five seconds of, of kind of adrenaline where you're like, oh, no, this was a mistake. Um, which it's always fun to have things turn out well when you thought maybe they wouldn't. And around the corner, I can see the f- familiar spot where I was walking and crawling to get to the actual entrance on the dry side of the cave. And pop out and Lauren was like, whoa, where'd you come from? And I said, I swam around and went through the cave. And I was like, you got to do it. So that's another thing with the baby. You have cool experiences together, but sometimes you got to have cool experiences separate from each other. One so, at a time. <laughs> so I did the cool thing. Then I said, Lauren, go do the cool thing. And her adventurous spirit kicked up and she said, yep, I'll go do it. And so with no guidance. Not like a big cave person. Yeah, she swam around. <laughs> and I knew there was five seconds of terror in there. And I didn't really rush. tell her that you lose sight of both lights for a little bit there. Uh, when she didn't have a flashlight or anything yeah. so she swam around popped out and i was like was there a moment where you're like uh oh she's like yeah it was crazy so it was very great my anyway, heart rate went up it was so fun the perfect kind of mini adventure under a castle on the coast um and then i decide i'm gonna swim <laughs> swim around yeah. to the next Please beach and check it out and check out the far side of the castle and a, another another guy that's traveling decides to follow me, and I point to the castle and say, "You got to go through this this cave." And so he goes through the cave as well, um, which is fun. To we always love showing other people things they wouldn't have noticed as well. So, um, yeah, finished up there. Oh, Caleb has something. He's balancing on my knees. <laughs> what do you want to say, Caleb? Do you love Portugal? Yeah. Do you love Portugal? Yeah, he's excited he's too. Like, he just felt, he just was like, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Aw, he's in awe. <laughs> and uh, yeah, at that point it was getting dark and we had to find a spot to camp. Um, Lauren did not get her shower that morning, so Woo! she was promised a, a hot shower that night. And so we found another campsite. This one was paid. Not too bad, though. Um, 23 euros. Yeah. Could be better, could be worse. But there were uh, a lot of facilities, including laundry. Oh, man. They had la- laundry and showers and a tent that was a gym and a yoga dome. Um, definitely one of those places that is a farm, but also many, many other eco, things. Eco-adventure, eco yeah. eco-tourism. All those things. Um, it was also a surf camp where people would stay and learn to surf. Strangely, it was pretty far from the water, but I guess they just loaded up buses with surfboards and people. Yes, they had a, um, a yoga dome. Yeah, and yeah, kind of. And a donkey. It was, it was, donkeys. it was trying hard to be something, and it was mostly good at it. Uh, that's Oops. what we would say about this place. <laughs> now, it was the off season is the off season so everything you could see how it would be really wild and lively in the busy busy season but it kind of felt a little bit like a a ghost camp like we couldn't even find the host we set up everything parked and everything and we're just like i don't know even oh yeah we didn't even know who to pay so we go to the restaurant we're like who do we pay to camp and this 
tiny little German teenager, you know, <laughs> probably 20-year-old, uh, yeah. says, oh, me. I, and, and I'm like, oh, well, we can, we can pay you here. And she's like, no, no, no. We'll go to the check-in booth and all that. And I think she was just excited to have somebody to talk to. Something um, to do. Yep, and so we went to the check-in booth, and she told us her story of how she'd been to Portugal a few years ago and fell in love with it and decided to come back and work. And pretty common for people in uh, European countries to to go to another country and do a season of work so that they can do a season of travel. Um, they, it's pretty easy to get visas. I guess they don't even – in the EU might not even need a visa. Um, they can just work anywhere in the EU. So um, she was able to – get this job running the campground or running at least the booth to enter the campground. Um, But she said she was kind of sad because there weren't many people and she did get to go surfing sometimes when people came. So Right, so we were like kind of sad for her but then we were very happy for her because she gets to go surfing. She gets to go surfing and that was the one happy thing (laughs) she said. She's gonna be okay. She she kind of alluded to the fact she felt she made a mistake taking this job. (laughs) Yeah, it was. She was was a little upset. Yep, but you know, keeping good spirits. Um, and so we got all checked in, and then we were parked next to another couple of Germans, two Germans and a little little uh, the girl. German and they girl. were making their dinner, and they had their iPad out, and it was a campfire background. picture background <laughs> on the iPad, and they were having the coziest little, you know, I don't know if Germans have a word like hugelit for cozy, yeah. but they were being cozy. You know, they had all the things. And so they had a great little dinner, and we talked to them for a while. And we tried the hot showers, which were not very hot. No, yeah. it was so sad. Hot it's water just here. Almost hot. Yeah, hard to find actually. Yes. Turns out. Um, <laughs> but got through it. Tried to do some laundry again. Hand hand washed. A little depressing. Tried hand to use washed. The, yeah. Thank you. Yes, Justin did all the hard work on that. I just got him soaking, and then he did he did all the agitating. This is something we're not good at, and we don't know. We don't know all the things that you have to do. So I think we used to be better at it. Like yeah. we we, oh, we did right. laundry we did the in the mountains of Nepal. I just forgot. How and do they you get stuff to dry? and they that one time in Nepal when we were doing laundry and then they switched our room because it wasn't the right room and the host of the hotel looked at us and saw our bucket in the shower and he was like no 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 no, no. and we're like no, 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 no. uh oh we've been caught and Uh-oh. so then Lauren washed it out in the creek out front in the in the spring the spring the yeah and still somehow those clothes didn't get musty and moldy and gross right but here so we are trying we our normal thing <laughs> and we can't seem to get clothes to not get mildewy for I, the life the, of us the big issue has been the drying factor yeah so, it's very humid here it's very humid and it's been yeah. a little rainy and i bought this really cool little hangery thing but um yeah it's just it so looks like done. the octopus creature from Stranger Things with really little great. clips on it, and it, yeah. Caleb loves it. It's a really great clothes hanger. Yes, I hang IKEA toys from it mm-hmm. for him. While yeah, we're it's there. really just a toy at this point. Yeah. Um, but I mean, useless for drying clothes because clothes don't dry. Um, so very disappointing that the dryer didn't work. This place was so many things. It was almost so many things, um, and there was also supposed to be like a group swimming lake where you could go swim and all these areas. Well, we couldn't find that. And the next day, we actually did. We walked all around and. There's this huge pond and a small waterfall and really cabanas and hammocks and Buddhist statues and East, of, Easter Island statues. And Buddhist yeah, statues. definitely they tried very hard to decorate this place. Um, and we found donkeys and peacocks and chickens, pomegranates on trees. So peacocks. yeah, the next, the next morning, which I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, we really did get to explore the place, enjoy it a little bit and just kind of get a sense of really what it would be at full steam with, with lots of surfers and people and, um, kind of that's, that's been the, the echo. A lot of places we go is it's refreshing that you're not 
elbows deep in tourists, but it's also just a little sad because there's not as many people around to share the spots with, um, which I know is crazy to be at a tourist destination and say, man, I just wish there were more tourists. Um, but here we are in a van in a rainstorm and I haven't seen a tourist in a little while. So, um, going places in the off season, uh, just wait, the reviews will be in at the end. Should you go in the off season or not? So from leaving our northern Lisbon area that was kind of moody, I won't say gloomy, I'll say moody and medieval castles and lush forests and um, yeah, just exploding plant life down to the kind of more arid, dry coast of the Algarve. Normally dry. Normally dry. (laughs) Yes, but you know, that kind of beachier, deserty kind of feel. Um, We feel like we've kind of warped into a new new zone. So um, the next episode is going to talk more about our beaches and cool experiences in the Algarve. Stay tuned. Thank you.